We used to sleep on the ground, sometimes on straw, and had all kinds of rituals at night to make sure that we were safe from thieves, fires, diseases, and demons, and that we were bug-free. So if our distant ancestors could see us now, snuggled down in our deluxe nests, they might well ask, why on earth can't you sleep well? If only sleep was that simple. But for millions of us across the globe, it isn't. The fear and discomfort of old have been replaced by the stress and overstimulation of modern life, which can make it hard for us to switch off at night or to stay asleep. The artificial light that surrounds us is disconnecting us from night and day and our natural sleep-wake cycle, and unwanted sleep patterns can quickly become habitual, tenacious, and resistant to change. Comfy bed or not, I could never take sleep for granted. My problem was that I couldn't always get to sleep that easily. Instead, I would often lie awake half the night, my mind buzzing, increasingly wired and anxious, waiting for sleep to show up, and then be groggy in the morning when the alarm went off. It can be less gruelling to wing life on too little sleep when you're younger, of course, especially if you don't have children, which I didn't in my twenties or for most of my thirties. Also, my life as a journalist was never a nine-to-five setup, so it was flexible enough for me to get by. And although I can remember the knot in my stomach and the rising anxiety, the more strained with exhaustion I became at 2am or 3am, knowing that I had to get up for work just a few hours later, it was only occasionally very bad. Besides, I had sleeping pills within reach as a last resort. Not that pills were any match for a good night's sleep, of course. They left me feeling leaden and metallic inside come morning, but having a few hours sleep was better than nothing. Unfortunately, sleep, or the lack of it, affects everything about our day. How much energy we have, how cognitively sharp we are, our emotions, our outlook, and our short-term and long-term health, which I wasn't particularly aware of at the time. And although the on-off sleeplessness I'd lived with for a couple of decades was manageable to a point, after I had three children, it became a nightly and unmanageable ordeal. It's not just having children that can snap and scatter your sleep-wake cycle, obviously, but for me, this was when things began to fragment seriously. This is hardly surprising, given the fractured routines and sleep deprivation that go with the territory of being a parent, but this was not something I had really considered or was in any way prepared for. It just became my norm. First my daughter came along, when I was in my thirties, which made sleep that much harder, and then, less than two years later, what was left of my sleep pattern fell apart when I had twin sons. Looking back, what really stands out is how debilitating it was. Life seemed overwhelming at times, and my resilience was very up and down. My immune system was clearly shot too, given the frequent colds, spells of flu, and a virus that lingered for months. The lack of energy could be depressing. And the hours spent wide awake in bed were predictable and annoying, to say the least. But then, Thankfully, a light went on. 
The Wisdom of the Great Greats It was early autumn, the nights were closing in, and I was reading a book called So Built We the Wall, written by my great-great-great-uncle, Richard Waters, a pioneer in cognitive therapy and the far-reaching effect thoughts and words can have on our emotions, behaviour and health. I came across his section on insomnia, which inspired me to fix my broken sleep and write this book. Dick, or Uncle Dick, as he was known by friends and family, was a strong, sociable, pipe-smoking character at the heart of the Roaring Twenties. He was also a protégé of the cognitive therapy poster boy and celebrity guru, Emile Coué, the French pharmacist who coined the catchphrase, Every day, and in every respect, I'm getting better and better, which sparked a global rethink by introducing what was considered back then to be a revolutionary concept centered on self-help and the ability of suggestion to heal. I'd always been vaguely interested in what they both stood for, having grown up with Kue's mantra bouncing around inside my head. But was there anything in those once zeitgeist theories, I wondered? And could they help me to sleep better?